You are listening to 4, Raw, from 4, Fields of Anfield Road, the world's international LFC podcast. The winner is Mohamed Salah. Side derby on your debut. Sum that up for us. I don't think it can get any better. Um, a fantastic night. Um, unlucky that we concede, but scored a winner in, in, the, in, in the derby and in, in my debut. I think that's you know something where what every little boy I think dreams of as well. Um, and I just witnessed it. And I say I'm, I'm just very happy as well that we uh, you know went through the next round because you know. I think we have a we have a good chance to you know go as far as uh, as winning the winning this title. So um, no, I'm just very happy to have my debut, score and win, and it's just fantastic. The supporters were already excited about you joining the club. Have you got your head round how they think of you now? Because your name is all they're saying as they make their way out of Anfield just now. Yeah, I think you know there's still plenty of you know room for improvement, um, and I think it's just the start. I didn't play a game for the last three weeks, I think so. Um, I was very happy that I obviously got the chance today and um, like I say, I'm very happy that we uh, you know, chose the next round and it was, it was a tough game but um, we threw. Finally, I don't know if you believe in fate and things but do you think having made such a good start, having scored that goal, it might be the beginning of something quite special? 
hope so. <laughs> That's the only thing I can say, you know. I think uh, what I've seen over the last couple of days, I've only been obviously uh, four or five days uh, with the group and it's a special group. Um, very, a lot of quality, a lot of uh, um, presence and personality, but everyone is, uh, is welcoming very well and um, I just want to, you know, improve and, and work hard for the team, for the club, for the fans and every day. Welcome to For Raw. 4Raw is an official podcast of Four Fields of Anfield Road. We are at www.foresite. That's F-O-A-R-S-I-T-E dot com. A great international community of Reds. That's the Reds of Liverpool Football Club where all your dreams come true. Thank you for joining us on the show. And it's been a golden night for the club as we beat Everton 2-1. And as usual, I'm not alone on the show. Say hi to my guests. First on the line is Air Doctor Professor. Say hi. Hello. Hey, welcome on the show, mate. And next on the line is Cable. Say hi, Cable. Hi. And uh, Cable is not alone. He's got a, a guest uh, friend with him uh, who, who might drop in uh, later when it's convenient. And of course, uh, last but not least, um, once again joining us, Cameron. Say hi, Cameron. How's everybody doing? Hey, we're doing good. How are you, mate? Doing well. Okay, I uh, hope everyone um, is having a great start to 2018. Um, obviously, Liverpool is having a great start to 2018. Um, so, uh, all of us uh, uh, watched the game. I think, Cable, you had an, uh, a very interesting uh, view of the game as well. We'll touch on that a little bit. You were with Jamie Carragher. Yes. Uh, well, uh, the lucky thing was that I was flying from Detroit to New York. And I was uh, sitting in general section, and I came to know that he is going to be there in New York. Uh, he's he was in New York, and he posted it on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. So I told them that well, I'm I flew from Detroit just to meet him and uh, see the game and try to emotionally blackmail them. So they gave me a <laughs> VIP seat, which was next to Carragher and. <laughs> It was amazing. Okay. He's really true red. Mm-hmm. He's passionate. He used a lot of swear words when things were not going good for us. <laughs> okay. I really enjoyed uh, the game watching with him. So it was really good. Now, I, I don't want to... It just uh, reminded me of something that you said last night. Okay. Um, actually, last night, what happened? And I was just sharing with uh, a doc here. Um, last night, we actually made a two-hour podcast throughout the entire duration of the game. Uh, it was really hilarious. Um, and, but when we first started the call, you joined in and you said, you said something really strange. You said that Carragher is wearing two tight pants. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I didn't know that you, that you guys were lying. <laughs> What's that about? That, that can't be healthy. That can't be healthy. So- 
Yeah, I I know that, but he was sitting. Uh, his table was next to me. So whenever someone is coming for a photo, he stood up, mm-hmm. and he was looking on the other side. So all I can see is his back. And yeah, I had a couple of beers though. So forget about right. that. <laughs> it all looks good after a couple of beers, isn't it? I don't know, but Shibasis sounded really, really excited when you said that he was wearing some tight pants and that you could see his back. So I, I didn't quite get that dynamic there. But okay, let's move Did on. Did he look let's like look. he was uh, smuggling plants? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to the game. Uh, okay, first off, okay, um, was anyone surprised to see Virgil Van, J- Van Dyke in the starting 11? Doc, were you surprised? Um, well, I, I was surprised when I saw the stuff on, like, Twitter and stuff saying that he was going to be starting. I, I thought we'd see him in the city game. Okay. Just how Klopp seems to have been in past sidings, he kind of eases them in a bit. Yep. But I'm uh, glad he did. Cam, did you did you did you were you surprised to see him in the in the starting? Yeah, no, I, I had the I had a similar reaction. Um, just knowing how how Klopp like uh, takes takes his time especially with new transfers and yep. um so yeah i was uh, but i was completely happy with it and it seemed like he he eased in right away and he it didn't it, right? take didn't take long for him to feel comfortable makes uh t- one tons of headers so that was that was huge for us yeah yeah um uh, doc you said earlier just when we started he is our third uh, big money signing to score a goal his competitive debut yeah, I guess it depends a little bit on how you consider, you know, Ox is a record-breaking signing or not, mm. the final numbers. But first Mani, then Sala, then uh, VVD, all getting goals on their competitive debuts. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so it's all good. Um, of course, uh, Klopp might have, must have seen something in training. It's probably, he probably assessed him and thought, you know, he, had, he already had a light, right level of fitness. He played, the, he played the whole game as well. So, you know, had the right level of, level of fitness, took on to whatever he was giving in terms of tactical um, information as well. And, and he said, OK, let, let's just, let's just put, it, put him in. And it was kind of a blinder of a decision, of course, we know at the end. Um, the, the, the rest of the team, again, it's a little bit of a mixed bag because... Um, you know he's trying to to get uh, keep um, legs fresh, um, and, and then now in this game as well. Of course, Mane, okay, Salah was on, wasn't available. Um, Coutinho obviously is injured, um, <laughs> and, and uh, but of course Mane and Salah had to make this trip, um, this long trip uh, back from the from the African Player of the of the Year awards. Um, what do you think of this? What do you think of this lineup, Cable, uh, when you saw it? So, it was predicted and people started tweeting about it four hours ago. And I was also surprised with, uh, with inclusion of Van Dijk. Mm-hmm. I was actually excited of seeing uh, Firmino, Oxlade Chamberlain, mm-hmm. Lalana, uh, Mane all together playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some time they didn't, uh, their tuning was different. But overall, I was very satisfied with the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I give full marks to Klopp to choosing the strongest lineup he had. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, um, when we started, it didn't give the sense that um, you didn't get the impression that um, there was a lot of fluidity. Um, in fact, actually, um, we thought that you know Everton are going to be there to park the bus. Um, maybe a little bit at the start where they were defending quite deep, but um, they had a fair bit of 
the well fair bit of the control and, and attacking verve as you as it were um in that first half didn't they doc did you see it that way yeah i thought the first 20 minutes or so was pretty even okay and that the thing that really characterized things was that we seem to have not a lot of cutting edge in the final third you know we kind of move the ball up gradually we get it up there and then inevitably uh just give the ball away cheaply and not really make anything of it Mm -hmm. um and so not a lot of you know pointy bits at the end of the spear if you might if you will yeah yeah um Cam, what was your impression of of, of the game, uh, especially in that in that first half? Yeah, the first half uh, was kind of going back and forth, which was uh, a little yeah. surprising, especially from the last time that we we played against Everton. They yeah. didn't. I I think they maybe got one shot off, and it wasn't even on target. So it was nice to see that they didn't just sit in, and they kind of wanted to play us straight up. So that was uh, that was uh, nice to see. But at the same time, uh, what what Doc was saying about. Um, not really being connected uh, in the attacking third. I saw this stat about Lalana. Yeah. How he had 15, 15 touches in the first half. Eight of them, uh, he was dispossessed. So yeah. um, I was glad to see him come back out a little bit stronger and a little bit, uh, I don't know, better in possession in the second half. But uh, I thought I thought that was part part of it. He was supposed to be uh, just kind of stepping in for Coutinho and trying to really connect that the midfield to the to the forwards and. I think that was definitely lacking in that first half. Well, you're not too far off in terms of the shots, actually, because in the first game uh, where we drew 1-1, um, uh, the Bitters had three shots and two, only two were on target. And in this game, again, they had three shots and only one <laughs> was on target. Shows how shit they are. Did, did the PK count for those stats <laughs> in the first game? <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Um, Let's talk about. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. Um, uh, Cable, who stood up for you? For me, of course, the defensive lineup, Matip and Van Dijk, stood up for me. And uh, a special mention to Firmino uh, because there was a not. uh, There was. There wasn't any good tuning between front four, including Lalana, Mane, mm-hmm. Firmino, and uh, Oxlade yeah. Chamberlain. They were all playing the different game. Mm-hmm. And when we were losing the ball in middle, I have noticed a couple of times that Firmino was in defensive mid position just to yes. get that ball back. Yes. So he was lying so deep and trying to get that ball and then move forward. So those three players were really key for us uh, in today's game yeah. and other than that uh, everyone was decent i should appreciate oxlade chamberlain uh, mm-hmm. his crossing has beca- has becoming good actually uh, this is his second straight assist uh, first assist uh, was against uh, if you say that Lauren had a goal against burnley and then clavan scored it but it was oxlade chamberlain who's cross was excellent so these are the players who are doing good i wish lalana start doing better as well okay um yeah there was one tackle i i think it was in the first half that Firmino made a sliding tackle um on, on wayne rooney my god what a this guy is everywhere it's amazing he's just amazing Firmino. Um, Firmino, of course, um, was um, right in the thick of, of um, 
the action um, with uh, Mason Holgate, um, uh, with Mason um, pushing him into the crowd, into the advertising hoarding, and then he fell over into the crowd. Now that whole that whole incident, um, and, and nothing came out of it. I mean, there weren't any cards that were sh- that were shown. Um, and then now it seems that Holgate has accused Firmino of making racist taunts. How do you like that? It's complete bullshit. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> if you look, I mean, I, I remember watching that and my wife, who's a native Spanish speaker, was sitting right next to me yeah. at the time. I said, you know, he just called him a puta. Yeah, which is yeah, exactly. Spanish I saw that. Yeah. and Portuguese for like whore. Yeah, and he's, you know, I, th- I think he called him a son of a bitch. You yeah, know, which is hijo de puta or filho de puta in, in Portuguese. Yeah, is son of a bitch. Yeah, and then you know, Holgate says, "Did you hear what he just called me?" And so you know, and I remarked <laughs> to my wife, and I we, there was comments on the board about it, and then all of a sudden, like three hours later, I'm reading that he called. You know, he's alleging racial abuse, and I thought bullshit. It's like, hey, asshole, did you know you just pushed him into the, into the advertising board? I mean, you could have either injured him or you could have injured a member of the... You could have injured a spectator. I mean, his forward momentum was there and he just fell right in. I mean, what, what, an, what a dick thing to do, seriously. So, there were two straight fouls done. One, uh, Holgate pushed Firmino mm-hmm. into the crowd. And second, uh, when Firmino was uh, trying to confront Holgate, uh, Holgate... Uh, pushed referee as well. If you oh, saw right? that, he was pulling referee. So it's a kind of foul as well. I don't know why he wasn't given a card or Liverpool weren't given a free kick. There was nothing. And now everything is backfiring against Firmino, which is completely crap, to be honest. Uh, and I kept wondering why Madley was going over to the fourth official and having that extended conversation. Like, was he? Ta- I thought he was talking about whether or not he was going to card Holgate or throwing him out of the game. Mm-hmm. But no, he was basically Nothing. telling him the alleged incident, even though Madley's sitting, standing right there. He so clearly, like- Madley must have absolutely heard what Coutinho said, or sorry, what Firmino said. And so it's all going to be about what's in his match report, I think. And if it, if it turns out, if he, his, his interpretation, if Madley's interpretation of all of that was that Firmino taunted um, Holgate. And that is, if that is the conclusion and then Firmino gets some kind of a suspension or, you know, out of that, that's, that would be totally, totally ridiculous, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know, maybe if Bobby Madley doesn't speak Portuguese, I don't think Holgate speaks Portuguese. He's clearly speaking Portuguese. I knew, you know, I know enough Portuguese and enough Spanish to know what he was saying. Yeah. And he basically said, are you crazy, you son of a bitch? Exactly. I, I only know word puta just because of I watched Narcos multiple times. Mm. And they use it all the time. So. Um, uh, post-match, uh, Sam Allardyce has also refused to talk about uh, this incident. Uh, rather, he's left it in the hands of his director of football to take it up with the, um, with the FAs. Uh, director, director of football with the FA. Uh, that's Steve Walsh, by the way. So, um, so that's, that's there. I don't know. 
I don't know if Klopp said anything about this. He Klopp did say though um, that he didn't think. I get this. He didn't think that a penalty should have been given. Cameron, was that a penalty or not against Lalana? Um, I saw that he was he was holding him back, but um, I I, st- I I do believe Lalana went down easy. But I mean, that's that's honestly part of the game. It, it happens against us. It happens for us. I. I I really don't think too much of it, but uh, I'm glad we are on the that end of it. So, okay, let me okay. So, since you mentioned this, okay, let me pose this question to you. Okay, coming back to this Firmino thing, do you think that Bobby should have feigned some injury after being shoved into the crowd, come back limping or something, holding his arm or something, just to to get this guy booked? I know it's not just it just sounds all all the bad things that we don't want to see in the game, but. You're not getting. Yeah. You're not getting these decisions, you know. Maybe if you just did that, you know, you might get something. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was thinking a similar thing, but I also thought that running out and kind of confronting the situation and not just kind of, <clears throat> if like, think of if Milner would have got pushed, he would have gotten mm. up, he would have just walked away, just very professional about it. So I thought Firmino was at least trying to. Uh, force the referee to make a decision mm-hmm. and um maybe it may maybe he definitely he could have done it in a different way mm-hmm. by faking faking an injury which <laughs> i would have loved to see but um yeah i i think Holt, holtgate's very lucky to get away with not not a single card if not a red like i which i think he could have easily got a red card in that game yeah well it's not over hopefully hopefully the match uh the referee's uh, uh match report at the end um, uh, brings out something that uh, he could get something ret- ret- retrospective. So let's hope there, and not in the in the wrong direction. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the sad thing, though, is that I think for something to happen, Madley would have to say he didn't see anything. Because yeah. if he says he saw it and didn't give a penalty or didn't give a card, then it's up to his judgment, and the FA can't really overrule that very easily. That's right. true. So, so he has to basically say, I didn't see what happened. Then the FA can step in. Clear view. Clear view of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't have seen it, but I think that's how the FA rules work. Mm. I agree. Yeah. Um, but again, we know that this is this is a this is a Merseyside game. Okay, so <clears throat> you know you you can expect plenty of handbags, um, uh, plenty of physicality. Um, rough play, you know, the odd shove here and there. So we can expect some of that um, and not, you know, complain about everything. Um, but I think in this first half, Everton seemed to have relied mostly on physicality. Uh, they, in, in, the Vez match, in the match report written by uh, Vez on our, on our website, he sees it was they often went overboard with it. Uh, and it's, it was shown quite early in the game. Um, when Wayne Rooney made a very late challenge on uh, Lalana as early as six minutes in, so intent really to challenge um, Liverpool, put, 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 you know, put put their put, put their physical um, uh, uh, challenges in early, to, just to try and disrupt um, uh, Liverpool um, in the game. But it, it seemed as if that was working. They had quite a bit of a go in it, um, especially on this right side with Yannick uh, Bolazi. Didn't he? Good up. Oh, sorry, me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. actually, early overall, I thought um, 
overall, I thought Robertson did it really well against Balassi, though I yep, think yep. early Balassi kind of got the better of him a little bit. Yep. But then I think Robertson settled and really took control of that, that, that one-on-one matchup and kind of bossed it most of the game. I think his first, there was one first um, dangerous moment from uh, Bolazi where he actually, you know, uh, managed to put the balls just past um, uh, VVD. Um, already the groans came up and said, oh yeah, 75 million, that's what gets us, you know, you get so easily skied past him. It's not easy defending against Bolazi. I mean, he's, he has his turn of pace. He's also, he's a, he's a, he's a big dude, obviously. Um, but Robo, oh my God, he had a blind of a game, didn't, didn't he, Cameron? Yeah, I was uh, gonna bring that up about. Um, I think he he was almost potential like man of a match. Just, yeah, I think he just won so many different duels and interceptions and had great passing percentage. He's he almost had a goal uh, there in the second half with the, just a a ripper of a left foot, which was a good save by Pickford. Yep. But um, no, yeah, I, I all props to Robertson, especially the way he stepped in since uh, Moreno's injury. Yep, yep, he did that. He did that, and he did that really, really well. Fantastic. Um, he's he's actually always looked quite good. There was some comment about his um, final final delivery, the crossing and the offensive part. Um, but at least on the defensive part, I could find no fault with him, especially in this in this game. And uh, he, you're going to find endless memes with uh, you know Bolazi hanging out of. Um, uh, uh, Robertson's uh, pocket somewhere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cable, before this game, um, obviously a lot of talk with, with regards to VVD coming in and then of course the side discussion was who is he going to partner? As if it's a foregone conclusion that VVD is going to be the first name on the, on the team sheet. And they're all talking about, okay, VVD and plus who? Who will he be partnered with? Um, so I posted a poll out um, on Twitter and asked people who they thought um, should be uh, VVD's uh, partner. Unsurprisingly, most people said um, Matip. Okay. Um, and then coming in second place, I believe, was uh, people said it was meant to uh, be Joe Gomez. Um, and then I think it's Clavin or Lovren, but I think Lovren finished last in that. So um, do you, th- what, what, what did you see in this partnership with, with VVD and Matip? Did you, did you get a sense of confidence in, 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 in the back right now? Yeah, actually, have, I had a sense of confidence because they they both had uh, a good tuning. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, that Klopp want want to have a ball playing centre backs, and they both were uh, playing like that. Actually, that cross where Van Dijk scored that goal, one mm-hmm. uh, was in front of him, he could have scored that goal as well, but he was a little bit short on jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be happy to see both of them playing together. But uh, the other question will be that when we are planning to give them rest, should we give rest to both of them and then play Clavin and Lauren together? Or should we mix and match? That will be the question. But I will be happy to see Van Dyke and uh, uh, Matip together. Some of the people suggested to play Gomez uh, with okay. Van Dyke as well. But since we still have one position left in terms of right back, so I don't see Klopp. Uh, playing Gomez as a centre-back in recent time until we get Klein back. Okay. Cameron, what do you think of this uh, pairing, vvd Matis? I think I think that it, it, it looked very solid. Um, I think, in my opinion, um, it almost looked like Matip had more confidence and he was playing, um, I don't know, just with a little bit more swagger, with a little bit more uh, grit. And uh, he, I think... 
it, it just makes it a, a little bit easier for Matip knowing that Van Dyke's back there with him and he's not worrying about uh, anything else. So um, just uh, maybe just an observation for me that Matip looked a little bit calmer. Yeah, a little bit calmer because Doc, Matip wasn't exactly, well, at least for me, I, I he wasn't really winning a lot of brownie points this season. He was making... Um, pretty basic errors um, uh, in the season so far. In fact, of the three players, um, I would actually rank him the lowest. I think Clavin has come in whenever he has been included. Um, he's done really, really well for himself. And then Lovren, of course, I mean, he's been at the butt of many jokes and making some critical um, uh, unforced errors in that sense. Uh, but he has also then redeemed himself in, 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 in several clean sheets. And then Matip, who has been at the who has been at the end of of a uh, five nil against uh, City and, and I think a couple and another another bad um, uh, loss against someone that just just escapes my mind right now. Uh-huh. But um, I think this is a case where when you are paired with quality, the guy next to you just also raises his level. Yeah, and I, I was trying to figure out how much of this is just my own kind of perception because you know Ver- Van Dyke's supposed to be such a you know, big bad dude and to calm everything down mm-hmm. that it just seemed more calm to me and how much of it was just the fact that Everton are so crap going forward <laughs> that there wasn't a lot of nervy moments for them to sort of get themselves into danger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I one thing I really liked seeing was the way Van Dyke bossed uh, Carius around. Yep. You know, he demanded Karius come and get those balls. It made for, you know, at least one slightly, you know, dodgy moment there. Mm-hmm. But he he's really taking the bull by the horns. He's saying, this is my defense. You're going to do this. Yep. You do that. And that's really what we need. Someone to just marshal the, the forces, you know? Yeah, yeah. As for pairings, I think in the long, long term, I can definitely see a Gomez Van Dyke pairing. Mm-hmm. I think more in the near term, we're more likely to see Matip and uh, Van Dyke, um, which I like. You know, we got a, a big freaking German, and now we got a big freaking Dutchman, and so mm. you know, the two of them, we shouldn't lose a lot of headers in the box. Yeah, let's talk about Gomez a little bit. Um, Gomez um, has this ability to fall asleep at the at the wrong time and we talked about this in our in our last fall row um it's, it's an observation that's been made of him even in the under 23s i mean amir uh, who watches and covers our under 20 uh under 23 games quite a bit and also commentates on it on the on lfc on a foresight twitter account um says that he's also observed moments where gomez actually switches off uh, so concentration is definitely a problem for him, and which happened in the last game uh, against Burnley. But in this game, he he was he was just class, wasn't he, Cable? So uh, I I I am a little bit skeptical about uh, Gomez's performance from last four or five games oh, okay. against Arsenal. He was directly involved in two goals, I believe, okay. against Burnley as well. And today he was taken off around sixty minutes, and he wasn't doing well either. So. Consistency is an issue with him. Uh, we uh, we know that it's been an issue with Liverpool for a long time. And we would like to have a player who can play consistently for 38 games. And he's still young. Uh, he needs experience. And this will teach him a lot. But I believe that after having a strong start in the beginning of the season, he's a little bit fading. So probably giving him rest and... 
then get him back into the squad will be a best option for us because uh, I don't want him to wash out of his energy and then uh, we lose another defender as well. So, uh, yeah, he needs to work on it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. One thing to one thing to add to that, I've been following um, a couple Liverpool podcasts, and uh, there's one sports scientist who's talked about um, the, just the rotation and keeping players within their means. And um, if you continue uh, playing Gomez at the rate he is, he'd be 365 um, percent more minutes than he's played in his career. So Whoa. one thing to think about. Okay. Wow. And I think Crazy. the big part of the, this is not physical, actually. I think it's more psychological. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about playing in the Premier League, it's so you have to be psychologically on at every moment, and it's so psychologically intense with so much attention and focus. When you're that young, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's hard psychologically and stressful on everybody. Mm. And so to do that, day after day after day and to not have like breakdowns is very very difficult mm. but that's something that comes with experience as well that you get more used to processing that kind of intensity and pressure and you just roll with it better you know how to cope with it better yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay um let's talk about um yeah okay lalana he's still still a bit rusty uh fitness isn't it seemed to be an issue as well with him um, I thought he was doing pretty good work throughout the game, uh, but you can see that he he faded quite sharply towards the towards the end when uh, obviously when he got substituted. Um, Sadio Sadio, I didn't think he had that good of a game, did he? At least that's what I saw with my eyes. Um, I could be wrong. How did you guys see Sadio's Sadio's performance? I'm just concerned about his first touch. If he improves his first touch, uh, he will back in his game because uh, his first touch has been poor and because of his first touch, he is not able to dribble past the players and he is losing balls more often than before. Mm -hmm. So if he improves those areas, I think he will back to his form because he can score class goal. Of course, uh, one thing I would like to tell him that he cannot a curve goal like Coutinho does because he tried again <laughs> and it was again in the crowd so probably yeah, just shoot straight like he did against Burnley okay. but don't try to curve it <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how do you think how do you think Sadio did guys um, uh, uh, Doc yeah, I mean, I th- I totally agree. I think the the main thing right now is his first touch is what's failing him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think he's trying to force things a bit. I think he's feeling a bit of the pressure mm-hmm. to try to, you know, produce. He's a little bit off the boil. Okay. And sometimes, you know, when you try to force things, it's the worst thing you can do. Yep. You know, and so I think he kind of needs to let the game come to him a bit. Yep. Not try to force things because he's... He's a natural scorer. The guy is going to produce. We know he can do it. And I remember when we first signed him, you know, some of the talk from Southampton fans was that he could, he ran a bit streaky. He would have these kind of hot and cold streaks. And, you know, sometimes you just have players like that and you just have to accept it because when they're, when they're on, they're so damn unplayable that you, you accept the fact that there's going to be some times when they're, you know, not, not so great. But I think he needs to kind of ease a bit, not try to force things. 
and you know really focus on that first touch okay it was better though later in the game he really took his man on Mm -hmm. that's what we really want to see with him get the ball get it at his feet and run at his man because it just got he must scare the bejeebus out of defenders when he does that yeah yeah okay um we're going to take a short listening break uh but when we come back we're going to talk about emre chan we're going to talk about felipe coutinho uh and we're going to talk about a couple of names that have been linked to liverpool in the winter transfer window so don't go anywhere we will be right back Well, um, we know someone's heart, not maybe necessarily in Havana, but uh, Emre Chan's heart and mind, it seems, uh, could be already in uh, Juventus. Um, multiple reports coming in, um, and one especially from Sky Sports Italia, saying that Emre has already agreed terms for a four-year contract with Liverpool once his current deal with Liverpool expires. So he will be as a, a free agent on June 30th and, he, and will be able to sign for another club uh, from uh, next month. So... Um, Juventus themselves have not really disguised um, uh, their interest in him. Allegri has come out several times and and, and uh, lauded, um, you know, uh, Emery and uh, his potential and uh, how good he is. Um, and even in this game, uh, in the past couple of games, and even in this game, he once again Emery didn't seem as if he's he had his head in the game, <coughs> did he, Doc? Yeah, today I thought he was poor. Um, I think their goal, he really did not track back. I mean, I think he could have stopped that goal, but he he gets about three-quarters of the way and just stops running. Yeah. And um, Sigurdsson just runs kind of right by him, and he just stops and just not putting in the effort. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think it's... Okay, would you, would you miss um, Emery Chan if he left? Do you think? Do you think we miss him badly? I know it's not nice to. We bought him as a potential, and he's developed. To he's been inconsistent a bit, and then he's leaving. What do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I will be sad to see him go. I mean, I don't think the loss is devastating. Um, not in the same way I'm, I'll be sad to see Coutinho go. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think I chalk is you know his his inconsistency up to his inexperience. You know, we forget how young he actually is because he, you know, looks like a grown ass man and he's played so much, but he's still a really young guy. And so I don't think he's reached his peak yet by a long shot. Having said that he's played a lot of minutes and so he's still inconsistent. So I think it's reasonable that people say, well, he's played so much. He's not, he's not that inexperienced anymore, but you know, 
he's still he's he's still pretty young, and so I I I would have loved to hold on to him, but I just don't see it happening. Okay, um, Cam, just a multi-part question. Do you think um, Emre's Emre's head already is no longer the task at hand already at Juve, and if we lose him, um, what aspect of his game do we would we miss the most? And finally, who are we getting in? Do you think that would mitigate this loss? All right. So for the first part of that question, um, I I don't know if his head is somewhere else. He still looks pretty passionate out there, and he's willing to fight for his teammates. And I think some of the mistakes are, are just because he's a, a young a young player. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't want to believe that his head's somewhere else, but I mean it's also it's also part of the game that he's he's in contract talks with probably multiple teams to be honest and mm-hmm. with Juve looking to be the ones that signed him he's I mean it's it, it it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me that he's has some thoughts about about leaving mm-hmm. um what parts we miss will miss most about his game is just uh I think just plugging up the middle is just was was so was so key um he he sits in. He makes tackles. Sometimes they're they're rash tackles, but I'd rather I'd rather have that than somebody not going in and and actually making people think like, okay, if you're gonna try to dribble past me, you're either gonna get fouled or I'm gonna win the ball. So um, that's that's uh, something that I don't think we should uh, overlook. And I there's there's been a there's been multiple links. Uh, Goretzka from from Schalke. I would love to see him come in. Um, but I haven't really heard anything other than uh, about a real true uh, center defensive mid, uh, other than him. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, Nabi Keita's coming in, but he's not going to play the 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 six role. He's mm-hmm. going to play more the eight role. It's up and up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would it will be interesting because I think we will need to bring somebody in because we can't just rely on Henderson to be fit all the time. He has he's proven it time and time again that he. He can't stay fit for a whole season, so mm. um, it'll be very, very interesting to see who we bring in. So, so what you're saying is, and to borrow the word of um, uh, Doc, he has mentioned it a couple of times in the last podcast. We will, we will probably miss his bastardry. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's just a big, big German who gets stuck in, and there's you know a lot to be said about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think his end product, like his offensive end product, isn't. Hasn't that hasn't developed as much as I would have liked to seen so far? Yeah. I also it's sad because I don't think anybody in our side really does what he does. Yeah. As well, I don't think Hender Hendo plays that six as well. We don't really have you know Milner you know. No. Yeah. Sort of. He doesn't really do that role, and so we don't really have a like for like replacement. Mm-hmm. And. I haven't seen us linked with a like-for-like replacement. Yep. Even Goretzka is much more of a box-to-box guy. Yep. And I think, you know, if you if you told me we could get rid of Chan and on a free and we could sign Goretzka on a free, I would say, absolutely, I'll take it. Upgrade. Yeah. You know, bye-bye, I'll pack your bags and drive to the airport. But even Goretzka, he doesn't play in this in this role. No, but I think, no. you know, if you look at sort of the way Klopp has traditionally wanted to play, you know, he's often had sort of two box-to-box guys, one who's more of a marauder and one who's a little bit more of a destroyer kind of guy. Um, and so I think I think Kaita can actually play both of those roles. Mm-hmm. He's really strong defensively. He he steals a lot of balls and he does a lot, gets a lot of interceptions and he really gets stuck in with tackles. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, he gets he's been getting a lot of red cards lately, but um, 
But I think, you know, I don't see Keita as a six, but I think he's a much more, he's a very strong defensive eight, you know, who can really get stuck in when you need to. And so I think Klopp doesn't seem to want to play with a dedicated, you know, def, you know, defensive midfielder. Yeah. So, well, if you, it's interestingly enough, if you look at these two players, Emre Chan and what Keita is doing at RB Leipzig as a dichotomy, um, it, it seemed to, well, not so much as a dichotomy, but more like a mirror. Um, you know, Keita is being accused um, uh, for having a lack of discipline uh, in his team and harming his team. He's had a flurry of red cards. The tough six months ever since he signed, uh, that we signed him. Um, and he's been facing a lot of criticism for his performances this season um, um, as well. Um, so just as we have Emre, whose head is being turned to Juve, this guy's, uh, Keita's head has been turned uh, to Liverpool. And apparently it seems to have impacted his performance um, there. But maybe Keita's, um, Keita is, maybe Klopp intends for Keita to play in this, in this, in this role that Emre is in as a defensive midfield. Again, it's not Keita's ideal role. However, he has played there. He's played there in Rugby Leipzig. And he's actually quite good in that role um, as well. Who else do you think we yeah, should be we should I, target in this sorry. in this uh, yeah who else do you think we should be or who do you think we should target in this position? Any names? It's uh it's tough. I'm tr- I I'm grasping for names. I feel like a lot of these true center defensive mids have kind of have have faded since the past. Like you can remember so many in the past, but mm-hmm. Like a true center defensive mid, other than like, I mean, Conte's is the one that comes to mind. Yep, of course. But yeah. he's obviously at Chelsea, and he's not going to leave anytime soon. So, I think it's uh, almost a, a dying art. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And sort of, you think of like Conte, and you think of Matic. Those are kind of the prototypical guys over the last, you know, sort of Conte the last couple of years, but Matic over the last, you know, five ten years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a hard time sort of imagining, you know, is, is Perlo still on two legs? <laughs> <laughs> he might be on three, actually. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the guy seems like he's got, you know, a nine lives or something. But, yeah, we just, I, I, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm less tuned in. And maybe it's because I've been trying to rack my brain about who the heck we're going to replace Coutinho with. But I know I don't want to get ahead of us, but yep. uh, I'm less clued into, like, who the great defensive midfielders are because there's just there's just not a lot take, of it. I'd take Casemiro. I'd take mm-hmm. uh, I don't know I would take Arturo Vidal. <laughs> That's a good name isn't it? Vidal. Yes. Yeah he's not really one to sit back and you know sit in front of the back four though. Casemiro. Yeah Casemiro. But Vidal he's 30 isn't he? 29? 30? I did not know he was that old. Yeah, I think so. I think so. He has the haircut of a fifteen-year-old uh, <laughs> kid. <laughs> um, okay, um, but then again, you know, as you said, I think uh, Doc, you mildly touched on it there. Um, maybe just Klopp doesn't like 
this type of um, you know assigning a player. You are a defensive central midfielder. He he doesn't assign these type of labels. Everyone attacks as a team. Everyone defends as a team. And maybe what he wants is uh, players with more energy, the more legs in there in the in the in the in the in central midfield to 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 drive the play forward or to to make the tackles as as and when necessary. So when you look at these plays, you look at Keita. He's got a great engine on him. I mean Hendo. He's got a great engine on him. Lalana, another great engine on him. So got all these guys with lots of Ox. energy. Arcs, yeah. Uh, Ginny Wijnaldum. Now, the rumor here is that Ginny Wijnaldum is, be good, is being moved further further back. Um, but I certainly don't see Ginny being playing in this, in this defensive, uh, defensive role. Okay, never mind. Let's move, let's move forward. Um, I, I know I said we'll talk about Coutinho, but you know what? Uh, let's not talk about Coutinho. It just, it just bores the hell out of me now. Um, let's talk about other players. Um, we've been linked to Mares. Mares. Um, do you think he would be a great signing for us, Cameron? Oh yeah. Um, there's, there's no doubting his, his quality on the ball and what, what he did with Leicester the year that they, they won the EPL was, was ridiculous. So I think that, um, just the players that, that Klopp brings in and the way that they improve after they've been with him for a little bit, mm -hmm. I think I would, I would love to see Mares in the side. Um, uh, yeah, it would just be a nice fit in my opinion. But what, what do you think this is? Would you get Mares? Because it seems to be like it's either Mares or Thomas Lamar. There's another name that's being banded about as is now Bill Fakir um, as well. So how do you how do you see all this panning out? Of course, all three are, are more offensive players on playing more on the wings. Nabil Fakir plays a little bit more centrally. In fact, if you if you if you if you look at his play, he's a, probably the most like for like replacement for Coutinho there is actually no replacement for Coutinho because he's that good but if you're gonna you yeah you can't replace him but if you're going to probably Fekir is probably the closest that you would get there uh, get to uh, Lamar would be ineligible for us if we were to get him in the tr January window and we know that's not going to be likely because Monaco have come out and said that no they're not going to sell any more players having um, you know gone through a bloodletting um, last summer um, but Mares could make the move. Doc, would that make you happy if we get Mares? He's been putting in some good performances, haven't he? Hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he obviously he was outstanding in the year Leicester won it. But yep. then last year he was not that good, Duff and Dale, I think yep. people kind of got soured on him. Yep. But he's think he's been pretty good this year. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for the money they're talking about him, you know, like thirty million. Yeah. I think that's a, would be a great signing. Um, provided he did something about that really stupid hair job. Um, <laughs> you don't like being Versus hair. spending $90 million <laughs> on Lamar. I would rather have a $30 million Mares than a $90 million Lamar. I think Mares is a more functional equivalent to what Coutinho does in terms of how he plays. He's not as talented as Coutinho. He's not as magical as Coutinho. But I think in terms of what he tries to do, that is, he gets on the ball and creates for other people. Mm -hmm. You know, he makes passes. Lamar strikes me as much more of a traditional kind of winger, mm -hmm. um, and in, and you know he can pass and he can you know cross and things. But just watching him play, he looks much more like a traditional winger. Um, Fakir again looks more like tries to do more of the kind of player that Coutinho is, though mm -hmm. obviously not as gifted. Um, so of those three. I would I'd most prefer to see Mares, but I don't know. I'm hoping that there's some 
non-South American player out there <laughs> who, who's, who's, you know, similarly talented that, you know, is not off, you know, on people's radars yeah. that we can, you know, but who won't in three or four or five years want to be playing for Barcelona, you know? Yeah, well, if you, yeah. if you do get more. Mar- just yeah. take another African, you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, what I'd love to see us, actually, I would love us to see us take the piss out of Arsenal and spend thirty, forty million dollars and buy Urzel or maybe Sanchez. I mean, Urzel is much more of a like for like mm-hmm. in terms of that creative. For you know, Sanchez is more of a. I mean, he he would be more competing with Salah and Mane for positions than you know, unless he wants to play further back, which I don't really you know. Mm-hmm. I think he can do, but I don't think he wants to. Mm-hmm. But I think Urzel. I mean, can you imagine him with our counterattack? Yep. In there, that could just be devastating in a way that you know some of these other guys wouldn't be. But you know, I don't think Wenger would sell him to us. But yeah, maybe not free. I know Sanchez. Yeah, Sanchez been 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 uh, mentioned as you know we should try and look uh, get uh, try for Sanchez again. But that ship has sailed, hasn't it, Cameron? Or not? Uh, for for Sanchez. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I think that he, he just he just gives that whole murk vibe, you know. Yeah, I, I you you see him play for Arsenal. He loses the ball. He throws his hands up. He's yeah. he's blaming other people. I I don't know if he why can, are you not celebrating but, with me? You know these kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, he's a great player nonetheless. But um, I definitely think that Ozil would be a better fit. Mm. But what I do have to say is, anybody who Klopp thinks is the right person that he goes for, I trust it because yep, everybody yep. was freaking out about how. We didn't sign a center back. We needed to sign all these other people because yeah. we couldn't get Van Dyke. He waited. He got his guy. Yeah. And I think it's going to pay off. So yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, know, he knows more than we do. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think the trouble with like Urzel and Sanchez is their wages. Mm. You know, they're talking about City offering Sanchez like he wants like 400 grand Oof. a week. You know, and I know just I think the wages they would get would make it hard for us to be able to bring them there. That's like CSL prices, Chinese Super League kind of pricing. Yeah, like Real Madrid kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Okay, guys, we have run out of time. We just ticked over an hour. Um, thank you very much. Uh, it was an interesting chat. Love to talk more. Um, lots of things to discuss, especially in terms of transfers, but we just have to, uh, we'll just have to put that on the, on the next chat. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much for joining me um, on the show, Doc and Cameron. And thank you, listener, for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the show and uh, be sure to join us for our next podcast. Now, um, if, you don't, if you don't already know, you can... Obviously, you're listening to this, but you can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, make sure you do that um, so that uh, you get automatically notified when a new podcast uh, uh, comes in. So click the subscribe button. Take care and uh, good night all. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. Thanks See for having me on. Take care. Night, ladies.
ain't getting over him I got no rules, I count him